Hey, this is Celeste with Pivot to Plants. I'm so happy you joined me today, and I'm so excited about what I'm going to bring to you because this is super practical, applicable information that you can use for your own health journey and in your family, and you can apply it today. Fun fact to start this episode. Did you know that 8 ounces of Coca-Cola has 27 grams of sugar and 8 ounces of Mott's apple juice has 27.9 grams of sugar? Wow! That's not to say we should be drinking Coca-Cola, right? But it definitely makes us question the value of apple juice, orange juice, or other store-bought juices in our diet and in that of our kids. And that brings me to what I'm going to talk about today. So have you gone vegan or plant-based and you're wondering, how on earth do I feed my family, right? You know what you want to eat, but you're pretty sure that they're not going to be into this. Well, I have news for you, and this is a road I have personally navigated for many, many years, going all the way back to when I got into um, bodybuilding and figure competitions, and I still had toddlers to feed. I was, well, toddlers and preschoolers, elementary school, even into junior high, I guess, was the season that that lasted for me. Regardless, I was cooking different meals for me than I was for them. And I will tell you, it wasn't as hard as it sounds. Basically, we had the same main course and the same sides. Things were just in different proportions. So I practiced what we call bulk cooking and served them more maybe rice and potatoes than I did myself back in the day because I had no idea that you could get lean and healthy on carbohydrates. I wanted to, and I know that now, and I'm leaner, healthier, more energy, but that's for another story. Today, we're going to talk about how to feed your family when you've decided to go vegan. So, Everybody knows fruits and veggies are the king of nutrition, right? Fruits are the most micronutrient-dense food that you can eat, and I'm a big fan of eating or blending or having in salad, having your greens, because greens have the most phytonutrients per calorie of anything. But let's get back to how do we make our kids eat this way, or how can we make this fun for them. And this appeals and applies also to teens. So one of the things I want you to just think about are, and maybe even write down, what are the staples that your family is eating for dinner on a weekly basis? Because most families kind of go through a rotation and it's even become a national phenomenon that we have Tuesday taco night. (laughs) I mean, I'm familiar with people wanting to order takeout pizza on Friday night, but I cannot even tell you when Tuesday officially became taco night, but apparently it is. And I don't know if you abide by that or not. I wish that more people had adopted meatless Mondays, but it seems like not even very many people are aware of that. Back to my, back to my point. 
If your family has about five or six meals that you kind of rotate through, just think about what ones are already plant-based and how can I veganize the others? One super simple, healthy hack is Google. Google it. So say you're making macaroni and cheese and it's a family affair. You like to load it up with veggies because you're into the veggies, but you love the pasta. Everybody loves the cheese because who doesn't love cheese? Cheese is addictive by nature. In fact, fun fact, it contains a compound called casomorphine, which yeah, it has the same molecular structure as morphine. So cheese is addictive as most people will tell you who've tried to quit cheese at least. So, so you Google what you think your family is going to eat for dinner and just put healthy vegan macaroni and cheese, fill in the blank and see, you're going to come up with maybe five or six different recipes. You can even include easy in the title and you will have at your fingertips options. But if we're transitioning just a little bit at a time or the point is just to put more veggies on their plate, then more power to you. I don't think that we should let perfection be the enemy of better than before, right? A little bit better every day is the way to have an excellent diet and healthy lifestyle. So one of the things that I always did with my kiddos was have a fruit bowl available. And the amount of times I went to the store per week were partly determined by when we ran out of fruit, (laughs) believe it or not. So the things that kids love, just buy them and have them available in abundance. Suggest fruit before they go for a packaged quote-unquote snack. Or I would say, did you eat your fruit today? Have you had your vegetables? This is when they were a little bit older and were autonomously providing their own snacks for themselves. One of the things that they loved were cuties, those little mandarin oranges And bananas were always a big hit. We had berries when they were in season, melons. Of course, it was always my responsibility to cut it up. And then once I cut it, I would say, hey, would you like some of this? The answer was always yes. And then, of course, I had to put it in the fridge, make it available for them to easily access themselves later. Another great fruit to have on hand are lunchbox size apples, just those little small ones. I always buy organic apples and berries. And one thing that you may not know about is we all think organic is better, right? But most people think I could never buy all organic. It would be just too expensive. Well, the good news is that you don't have to buy all organic, not even by a long shot. However, when you do have the ability you can choose to vote with your dollar for organic produce. And I think that that is going to go a long way in shifting our national food production system. But the thing to check out is something called the EWG's Clean 15 and Dirty Dozen. And their website is ewg.org. And what they do every year is they put out a list of the 15 cleanest vegetables, meaning they have the least amount of 
toxic pesticide residue left on them after washing, and then the dirty dozen, which is the amount, which are the 12 most pesticide and herbicide laden fruits and vegetables after washing, which is the most important part. So what blew me away years ago is when apples showed up as number one on the dirty dozen. I was disheartened for sure. And it made me think, so this is the amount of quote unquote allowable pesticide residue by the FDA for an adult body. If I'm feeding this to a person who is a third of my size, they better not be getting something that has over the adult allowable amount of pesticide and herbicide residue. So not to scare you or to shame you, you know, um, I've bought berries that weren't organic because I just wanted them so bad. But by and large, we can buy frozen organic berries for not much more. Costco, Sam's Club are big fans. I'm a big fan of those in regards to this. And then the other things, apples are not that much more expensive, organic. Bananas don't need to be organic, but you can vote with your dollar. But one thing I have learned though, is when I get the fruit home, same with veggies, the key is to make it easily accessible. So the first thing I do is wash it. I get a big bowl or fill up the sink and you can pour some just white vinegar in there. I use this product called Tough and Tender. It's um, just a little bit more cleaning agitation, um, enzymatic action than water. And I just let all of the fruit, including lemons and oranges, sit in the sink for a while, then swish them around, rinse them several times, and then put them in a bowl available to eat. And it's always amazing to me how much dirt comes off these. And so... You know, when your kids are going to grab an apple or an orange because we're so proud of them for doing that, I just want to make sure that they're not eating the yuck on it. So that's just a fun tip. Check out the EWG. They release a new list every year. It's updated from the farmer's produce from the year before. So one of the things that I did with my children who were not vegan like me, who would eat vegan meals though, is I would make sure that they always had vegetables on their plate. Our goal as adults and children is to eat five to eight servings of fruits and vegetables a day. What's a serving? Well, a serving of a fruit is a single fruit, which is awesome. I love that they're prepackaged snacks from nature, just the way God intended. And then a serving of veggies, not including lettuce and spinach, leafy greens, is one cup raw or half a cup cooked. So if you were to ask your kids, which I did multiple times, okay, what veggies do you like? I got lists from them like this. Frozen peas, green beans, corn, cucumbers, grape tomatoes, um, all the fruits we just mentioned, and carrots. Oh yes, we love those colorful carrots. And cucumbers, those were their absolute favorite veggies. So when I would serve them a meal, even when they were young and they were eating chicken dinos because we didn't know any better, they had a finger salad on the side. And a finger salad is simply 
like half a cup of tomatoes, half a cut up cucumber, some cut up carrots, and maybe a little spinach, like just a couple leaves. (laughs) They weren't thrilled about that, but they would eat it in small quantities. The key with getting kids to eat their veggies is exposure, 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 right? Just because they don't think it, they like it one time doesn't mean don't put it on their plate the next time because taste buds change over time and we are all living proof of that, right? I know I didn't like Brussels sprouts as a kid. Now I think they're amazing and I have no idea what I thought of beets, but I absolutely love them now. So we just need to give them an opportunity to try them over and over and over. And even as teens, they'll usually be a good sport. I'm like, just have one bite. If you don't like it, you can spit it out. But at least they've tried and they are being even exposed to that concept of one day my taste buds might change and I might think that this food is delicious, right? So each family has maybe five or six meals that they do for dinner every night, right? So what we want to think about are what are some options that maybe you don't even have to veganize, but they're already meatless, right? So spaghetti with marinara is an easy one. Bean burritos with guacamole. That's another easy one that we did. We would do baked potatoes with corn on the cob and just omit any meat. Sometimes there were green beans on the side. That was especially in the summer when we had farm fresh produce at our little farm stand. And when we're trying to replace one of those things that has meat in it, there's a lot of different ways that we can go. And some of this is where Google is going to be your best friend. But if you want me to veganize a recipe, just email me at pivottoplants at gmail.com and I will totally see what I can do to find or come up with the best way to duplicate that recipe for you and for your family's taste buds. So back to replacing meat. One of the things that replaces meat really well is mushrooms. Um, The larger mushrooms like oyster mushrooms and portobellos and even shiitake mushrooms have a very meaty texture. And because they're very spongy and chewy, um, they take on any flavor that you marinate them with. So for example, you could easily do an Asian food like fried rice with mushrooms instead of meat. I almost said faux meat. Um, And with the mushrooms, I would just marinate them ahead of time in whatever sauce you think your family's going to like. Make sure you're avoiding high fructose corn syrup though, because that's not processed in the liver. It goes directly to the fat cells and is 100% linked to um, coronary artery disease. It's just not good. So anyway, Your mushrooms are going to soak up, whether it's a teriyaki sauce, if you're doing Asian, even an orange sauce. If you're looking for something a little bit more on the steak side, try one of the steak seasonings that you would normally marinate a piece of meat with and add a couple drops of smoke, liquid smoke to your marinade and just let the mushrooms sit in there and then cook them as you normally would with a little bit of oil in a pan Add them to your pre-cooked or microwaved brown rice, white rice, organic, whatever, and throw in some veggies just like you would get at an Asian place. 
This is a really easy um, meal that I think a lot of families that like Asian food would easily adapt to. Another idea is like the bean burritos we were talking about. The only thing that most people feel like they need to replace is the cheese. But if you have a nice vegan cheese sauce or even a vegan cheese with a little bit of guacamole and some shredded lettuce and top, you know, tomatoes, you can easily get away without any meat in that meal. And one of the things that we did, now that I think about it, that my family loved the most was build your own tacos or build your own burritos. And I would have the cut up lettuce, tomatoes, the beans, the um, meat substitute, which might have been like lentils, which were seasoned with a taco seasoning, lentils and mushrooms combined with a taco seasoning, and all of the different condiments. And then you just fill your shell as you go. So that gives them the autonomy, but also the exposure and the opportunity to try some of these non-meat meals. One of the other things I like to pay attention to when my kids were younger at home is like, what kind of carbohydrates do they really like? I found that my daughter loved rice. Couldn't get enough rice. Rice, 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 rice. Rice plain, rice with peas, rice with peas and carrots. And my son loved potatoes. And so an easy potato hack is I would bake the whole bag and then keep them in the fridge. After you cook and cool a potato, it actually becomes resistant starch, so it feeds healthy gut microbiota. Just another fun fact for you. And then when he wanted hash browns, I would just cut them up and cook them on the pan with a little bit of oil, and they crisp up way faster than they would if you were trying to fry them from scratch, and also they don't absorb all that oil, so you get away with a lot less. You get more flavor, and you cut your cooking downtime by like like you cut it down to a quarter of what it would be before. And the reason I say focus on what kind of carbohydrates your children like is because kids are energetic and our brains cost more than any other organ in our body to run. And they are in this perpetual growth state, right? So whether they get their energy from dense carbs like potatoes and rice or sugar, they're going to find a way to get it one way or the other. So it could be coming from fruit juice and soda or sweetened, um, or it could be coming from those dense starchy carbs, which are actually going to give them longer energy for longer. So their little brains won't be seeking food. See, what happens is when our micro and macronutrient needs are met in our brain. Our brain shuts off the food-seeking mechanism, and we find that we're naturally satiated, and we don't actually look for food unless our bodies need it. So on this note, I think it's a really good place to talk about bulk cooking because this can be very helpful even if your family is not one that's into leftovers. Like I mentioned, um, cooking a bag of potatoes, cooking a bag of sweet potatoes in the oven, baking them is going to give you the ability to use them however your family likes a lot faster and you'll have them on hand and they will last in the week. 
uh, they'll last a week in the fridge. One of the other things you can pre-cook is rice. Uh, you know, I preferred brown rice, but my family, when I did make white, they were thrilled. So rice stays in the fridge easily for four days. And when you reheat it, whether you're doing that in the microwave, again, we're not perfect here or on the stove, you know, better option, but uh, add a little bit of water and you'll find that it rehydrates and comes back to its normal form. So that's just a great way to cook those two things. Pasta lasts maybe not so well. It lasts okay, but potatoes and rice, 100%, they're good for four days. And that way you have the dense staple of the meal available because again, our bodies are calorie-seeking, energy-seeking machines, especially children. So like we need that energy to come from somewhere and better that it's coming from whole foods than from some prepackaged snack, which is a food-like substance in the pantry that came from the store. And just like I've totally been there and I remember when my kids were younger and I was competing because my diet was very strict. I would look at the things that I wanted to buy for them and love them with that food instead of like making cookies myself, which is a much sweeter way for me to love them. But when I didn't do that, I was looking at this stuff I was putting in my cart, be it Oreos or Trader Joe Oreos because you know Oreos are vegan, right? Anyway, um, realizing, wow, I wouldn't put this in my body. Why do I want to put it in the bodies of the children that I love so much that I'm in charge of raising, you know? So that just shifted that, and it required me to do more peanut butter oatmeal cookies at home, but that's fine. There are great reduced sugar recipes, and it's so easy to do vegan baking. Oh my goodness, you don't even you don't even need butter and eggs. It's so easy to do it without. So I know I kind of got off track here, but I just wanted to encourage you that bulk cooking is a really easy way to have those staples on hand. So one of the other things that I forgot to mention before is frozen veggies. Frozen veggies save time. They're actually picked at the peak of their ripeness and then flash frozen. So you might even be getting a more nutrient-dense vegetable than one that you're buying fresh in the store that was cut three weeks ago, traveled on a truck to get to you, and it was cut when it was not even ripe, knowing that they had to allow for the transit time, right? My kids loved frozen peas. Don't ask me why. I'm not sure how we even got on that, but a little bowl of frozen peas, even through their teenage years, as they kind of defrost, they're really tasty. And they're actually already parboiled. Everything you get frozen has been blanched really quick. So it's a little bit cooked, not 100% raw. Another great thing that you can do is when you're making sauces, you can just start adding more veg. Things that are masked really easy are small cut zucchini, peppers, mushrooms, onions. We try and do the G-bombs. That stands for greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, and seeds every day. And that's because those particular compounds scientifically, thank you, Dr. Joel Furman, have the most um, health-promoting benefits of 
all the other plants. So if you can just look to get those in your diet on the daily, you're going to be reducing chances of later disease later in life and making sure that your brain and your body is fed and well satiated with all of those awesome little phytonutrients and compounds that you need to thrive. So just ways to get these greens includes broccoli. Most kids like broccoli. And if they only like broccoli with ranch, then I would recommend one, um, Trader Joe's has a very cheap, delicious vegan ranch um, that has 60 calories per serving instead of 170. Regular ranch, ranch is just pure bad fat, like Yes, um, we've all eaten it and we're all evolving and I'm here to provide you with better solutions. If you're crazy and you want to go really awesome healthy, you can make your own cashew or tofu ranch and it's not that hard once you wrap your mind around it. And if you like to be creative in the kitchen, then I recommend Googling a recipe with cashews. They can replace creaminess in almost anything. You just have to have a little bit of forethought and soak them the night before, or you can do a 20 minute boil and blend them up in a high speed blender and they can become the base of a ranch, a ricotta, a sour cream, um, a sweet cream, cheese, like cream cheese for cheesecake. Cashews are amazing. I will say. Um, another thing I wanted to recommend is if you guys like a cheese sauce, there's some great recipes for vegan cheese sauces. They're going to contain this ingredient called nutritional yeast, and you can buy it in little bags at Trader Joe's or at other stores in their natural food section in like a shaker container, or you can buy it in some bulk food stores. Again, it's called nutritional yeast, and it has imparts a cheesy flavor. And there are some fantastic cheese sauce recipes that would have anybody swooning over this cheese and not missing the dairy element at all. Just like one another reason, one other reason that we like to steer away from dairy as we move to a more plant-centered diet is that dairy is just loaded with hormones. It is the baby cow growth juice. Excuse me if that sounds yucky, but that's what mama's milk is, right? It's designed to grow an infant to a younger size to where it can start, you know, taking on whole food. And there's tons of hormones in that process. They're growth hormones. That's what causes the baby cow to mature. And honestly, dairy is one of the hardest things to get away from. Um, especially it was for us, you know, it was easy for me to be vegan and the kids have cheese in their diet because they liked it enough to where they didn't miss meat. And in that case, with lots of grace, I say, you know, buy the organic, buy it so that at least it's not having extra added hormones and antibiotics put into, you know, extracted in that, that are coming from the animal producing that, um, that milk. So baby steps, right? We all are on our own health journey and I've arrived here, not as perfect, but endeavoring to put the things that I know into practice every day, because I'll tell you what, when I feel good, I feel amazing. And even for me, it's 
easy sometimes to fall off of that amazing feeling if I start eating processed foods or not getting enough starches in my diet, my energy flags, and I'm looking for, let's see, I'm looking for nut butter and chocolate because those are energy dense and my brain is like, we need more energy. So it's really my job, right, to provide for my own energy. And this is about families. So we want to know how to provide enough quality energy for our kids. So I'm really curious, is there a family recipe that you would love to see veganized? Please email me. I would love to help you out with that. I love being creative in the kitchen. I think kitchen is a fun place to do science experiments. And so I would really love to help you with that. Just two other things before I leave you today. One, um, trying to move away from white flour. White flour has the same glycemic index as white sugar. Actually, it's a little bit higher. So it's processed in the bloodstream as though it were sugar. The way it spikes the energy and then drops into a deep dip afterwards. So it's one, not a good source of sustained energy. Um, Two, it's just going to cause that. Have you heard of the sugar blues? It's the up and down sugar cycle that we're on when we have sugar, don't have sugar, have sugar, don't have sugar, and just need it to kind of find that new even place of dopamine in our brain, which is abnormal because it's a substance that doesn't occur naturally in nature. Fruit, yeah, fruit has sugar and it's natural sugar and it's bound with fiber. And so it's absorbed into the body much more slowly. And it's loaded with so many vitamins and minerals that I would never say to anyone, don't eat fruit. Um, Okay, last tip for you. I have a treat recipe. You're going to love this. So one of the things that my little nieces love when they come over and we make it together is this special brownie recipe. And it has a secret ingredient, which you don't have to tell anybody, but I'll tell you (laughs) because I'm going to share the recipe with you right now. Okay, you can find recipes for black bean brownies all over the internet. And I've played with a couple, um, and I tend to modify it as I go. Like, I always love to add flax because G-bombs, right? We're trying to get those seeds in our diet. They provide alpha-linolic acid, which is an essential fatty acid, and just a teaspoon a day wards off... um, like prostate cancer and breast cancer. And it's just such a small amount, even if it was sprinkled on a salad or cereal, I think I'd rather have it on cereal and I'd mostly just love it in a brownie. So anyway, it's such a small amount not to have it in your diet. So without further ado, grab a pen and paper and I'm going to give you this black bean brownie recipe. So the the key here is rinse the beans. So get some organic BPA black beans, put them in a colander, rinse them really, really, really good, um, like really good, and that takes away any of the bean taste or smell. Now you need to do this in a high-speed blender. I prefer my blend tech, though I have used the Vitamix, or a food processor. I don't have a food processor, so I use the blender. And then you're going to dump all of this stuff in the blender, okay? It's super easy and super cool. So to the can of black beans, add half a cup of oats, add 
A third of a cup of sweetener. I like to use um, a sugar replacement like Swerve or monk fruit or even a couple drops of liquid stevia. Add some vanilla, about a teaspoon. Add half a teaspoon baking powder and add some kind of fat. So I like to use peanut butter or sun butter or cashew butter or almond butter, but you need a little bit of fat in there. And if you don't have butter available, you can use two tablespoons of um, coconut oil that you have made liquid. And then add two tablespoons or more of cocoa powder and a quarter teaspoon of salt, a little bit of salt. Let me think. Oh yeah, we need a leavening agent. So I go with half a teaspoon baking powder, half a teaspoon baking soda. And basically you just blend this up and then when you're done, mix in about a third of a cup of mini chocolate chips. Semi-sweet, dark, of course, vegan, without milk. And I like to put these in a silicone baking um, thing that's just for muffins. Spray it a little bit, put them in the oven for at 350 for about 12 to 15 minutes. They do come out gooey and they're best even the day after. So also if it was me, I would have uh, thrown in about two tablespoons of flax and I might have um, used like oat bran instead of the oats, just because I like it a little bit meatier. So I've done it with with this. I've played with coconut flour, a little bit with almond flour. You kind of, it's a very forgivable recipe. The main ingredient is beans, cocoa powder, and oats. Your leavening agent, your sweetener, your vanilla, and of course, your chocolate chips. And If you want to change this recipe, you can do it with white beans and you can just use vanilla and use more peanut butter and you get like this really lovely uh, peanut butter blondie type of um, concoction. That's a big fave too. I tell you guys, I've been bringing these to parties for years. They always get eaten and my little nieces, eight and nine, absolutely love them. So this is a foolproof recipe. If you didn't get it all written down, just Google black bean brownies, black white bean blondies. And if you have a recipe you want me to veganize, don't forget to email me at pivottoplants at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Pivot to Plants. I hope you guys got some awesome takeaways like finger salads for kids, the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15, why we want to move away from dairy, and how to veganize any recipe. We have a fun friend called Google, and there are lots of people out there who are amazing cooks putting out great recipes. And if you have help, if you want help or are curious about how to do a certain thing, I would love to be a resource for you. So signing out over here. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. If you liked this show, please share it with somebody. Um, I just want to help people. And if you want, you can rate me on iTunes. Actually, it's Apple Podcasts now. Five stars, please. Write a review. But most of all, share it with a friend or share it on your social media. And let's get people to pivot to plants. Peace out, guys.